Well, hello. How are you doing? Me? I'm just laid back, relaxed, and very mellow. I just put on a fresh pot of coffee, and I'm sitting here looking at this playlist I've got organized for you today, and I'm thinking, you're going to enjoy this show. Going to stick with pretty much a hard bop theme today, just because I'm feeling in a hard bop mood. Sometimes that's how it rolls. Five songs, five stories, five artists. This is Songs and Stories, Supplemental Jazz Edition, Part 71. 71 shows, 71 hours plus of jazz songs and stories. Something for you to listen to when you take a long road trip, or perhaps you want to work in your garden. Although... Gardening, I guess, is now towards the end of the season, as if you were living here in Canada, like I am in Ottawa, Canada, Canada's capital city. It's not exactly warm out today. It's currently 11 degrees Celsius, which is unseasonably cold for this time of the year. It's normally much warmer. 15 15 should be morning, and by the afternoon it should be anywhere from 22 to... Well, 20 to 22 would be the norm, but... um, Today we might hit 17, so it's kind of gloomy, rainy, overcast, and really, it's very much the autumn season, and I could do without it, to be honest. I just want to move straight into winter so I can start skiing soon, but that's me. Perhaps you're an autumn lover. I know that many people do love this time of the year, pumpkin spice at all. Enough about me and enough about that. Let's start the day off with a recording from 1959, from the album released in February of 1960, from the record Quiet Kenny. This is Kenny Dorham, with the uh, night, uh, what was it, 2000, when, when was this remastered? It was remastered in, I think, 2003, the Rudy Van Gelder remaster of Blue Friday by Kenny Dorham. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. 
From the album, Quiet Kenny, released, uh, recorded November 13th, 1959 at the Van Gelder Studios in Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey, and released in February of 1960. Quiet Kenny was, I think, an appropriate title for both the record and very much his career. I mean, the man was a prolific artist. He wrote and recorded, he composed, he sang, he did it all, but... He was largely unrecognized throughout most of his career. He was known as, uh, well, the gentleman who was virtually synonymous with underrated. Kind of a sad, sad tale for such a, a, a lauded, respected, and admired musician. He was an active bebop player, although that was a hard bop composition. He played in the big bands of Lionel Hampton, Billy Eccleston, Dizzy Gillespie, and Mercer Ellington. And he was in a quintet with Charlie Parker. He uh, was a charter member of the original cooperative Jazz Messengers, and he recorded as a sideman with Thelonious Monk and Sonny Rollins. So the man, I mean, he was a prolific recording artist. Uh, as a band leader, he probably got about uh, 20, 20, composition, uh, 20 albums, I should say. And as a sideman, oh, it's way too many to count, over a hundred at least. Although he died very young in 1972 at the age of 48, uh, passed away from kidney disease, sad end to a, a brilliant musical life. Again, though, a gentleman who just uh, was largely unrecognized outside of the industry. His fellow musicians loved and respected and worked with him for years. And he recorded with a gentleman who I've featured on this show uh, many times in the past, and I will again today, actually, the great Jackie McLean. Kenny. Dorham, the late great Kenny Dorham, fantastic trumpeter. There's a great picture of him playing at the Metropole Hotel in, in Toronto in 1954. Metropole Hotel is long since gone. Great Kenny Dorham. Originally from New York, by the way, for those of you who are not familiar with him. And he played in both uh, bebop, hardbop, and mainstream jazz styles. So he was quite, uh, quite adept at, at, at bending and molding whatever style suited him at the particular occasion he felt like playing. Okay. Up next is, um, well, from the album Motor City Scene, featuring Tommy uh, Flanagan and Paul Chambers. This is uh, Minor on Top, which is a, a track that I've not featured ever before. Um, there's a few different comp uh, com uh, compilations, covers, interpretations of the track, but I think this is probably the one that stands out the most for myself, anyway. 
Please enjoy this. This is Paul Chambers and Tommy Flanagan with Minor on Top. Oh, <laughs> 
2004 remastered edition uh, of the original album, Motor City Scene, recorded in 1959, featuring uh, Paul Chambers, of course, and Thad Jones, along with uh, Stephen Haas. Lewis Merritt was the engineer, and then Elvin Jones on the drums, and Tommy Flanagan on the piano. Thad being the uh, cornet and flugelhorn player. Paul Chambers was one of the most widely known uh, Stand-up bassist, double bassist, jazz bassist of the hard bop era. 
He's also known for his bowed solos, which was kind of unique in jazz at the time. He recorded about a dozen albums as leader or co-leader, and easily over a hundred as a sideman. And he was uh, effectively the anchor of uh, Miles Davis' first great quintet from 1955 to 1963, along with uh, Wynton Kelly from 63 to 68, pianist Wynton Kelly. He's originally from Pittsburgh, uh, born in 1935, but he passed away in 1969 at the very tender age of only 33. He died of tuberculosis, but he did have a number of health problems due to his addictions to both alcohol and heroin. He was in a coma for 18 days before he passed away. Sad end to a brilliant musician's life, such as, such as the case with artists. And often uh, they succumb to their weaknesses and meet their untimely demise as a consequence. Absolute shame, because he did play with an absolute who's who of jazz in his day. And he was oh so young at the time. Tommy Flanagan, he lived a rich and full life, passed away at the age of 71 in 2001. Still quite young, but he did, uh, he did get a lot more time in as a player and an influential musician. He's featured on John Coltrane's um, 1962 album, Giant Steps, which was the follow-up to Blue Train. And Giant Steps was just that when it came to jazz. Brilliant player, Mr. Flanagan was. And, and, and both Paul Chambers and Tommy Flanagan were originally from Detroit, hence the Motor City Scene recordings. You can f- find the album, the uh, remastered edition, in, in its entirety on a multitude of streaming services. And if you are willing, you can purchase a vinyl copy of it, which is available online. You might have to do a little bit of looking to find it. It will cost you around 75 Canadian dollars, so take that information and do with it what you will. Thomas Lee Flanagan, originally from New York, or, sorry, died in New York, New York, originally from Detroit, Michigan. And he was also a bebop, hard bop, and mainstream jazz player, along with uh, Mr. Paul Chambers. A couple of, couple of great players that just, just recorded some spectacular compositions. Okay. I want to play something from Jackie McLean. I'm going to stick with Hard Bob here again. And this is the 2009 Rudy Van Gelder digital remaster of uh, the album Bluesnick. Now, Bluesnick was originally recorded in, oh, I'm going to have to look that, find my notes on that. I think it was 58. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll find it and I'll get back to you with that in just a couple of minutes. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy Blues Function. By Jackie McLean. Thank you. 
Function from the album Bluesnick, recorded in 1961 at the Van Gelder Studios in Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey, was released in February of 1962, and it is without question Jackie's most approachable album. He did do a lot of experimentation in jazz at the time, and and this was just a little bit more mainstream hard bop, so that you know the average listener could just come in and go, yeah, I can dig it. It wasn't really experimental, kind of played it safe to a degree, but it just really swings, man. I mean, it just you, you feel the rhythm, just let it flow over you. Jackie, as you know, passed away in, uh, what was it 2004? No, 2006. Wait a minute, 2006, yes, the age of 74, uh, March 31st, 2006. After uh, suffering a long illness, he, he did fight uh, addiction throughout the 50s and 60s, and for a while he lost his cabaret license and couldn't play live, so as a result, he became a prolific recording artist during that time period. I think he has somewhere in the neighborhood of about 100-plus albums as band leader, uh, 100-plus recordings as band leader, and as a sideman, oh, forget it, it's, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And he did play uh, with with a who's who of jazz: Kenny Dorham, Lee Morgan, Jackie Wilson, Hank Mobley, Freddie Reed, uh, Charles Mingus, Donald Byrd, <laughs> Dizzy Gillespie, Kenny Burrell, Art Taylor, Art, Ma- Art Blakey, sorry, uh, Miles Davis, and Charles Mingus, j- just to name a few. As a sideman, he recorded up until 1992. And as a band leader, I think his last recording was in 1999. So the man did have an incredibly long uh, career that, uh, I mean, second to none as a recording artist. And of course, that blues album, Bluesnick, or jazz album, Bluesnick, I should say. I get confused sometimes and mix up my words. Also featured Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Kenny Drew on piano, Doug Watkins on the bass, and Pete LaRocca on the drums. Um, the original vinyl release only had six compositions, but with the um, CD reissue, there were two additional alternate takes for two tracks on the record, Torchin' and Blues, uh, Going Way Blues. Two alternate takes from the original. Slightly longer and uh, 
just a slightly different arrangement. Bluesneck, a fantastic record from Jackie McLean. You should sit down and listen to the thing in its, in its entirety. I, I highly recommend it. I might do a feature program um, on the album at some point in the future. We'll see. I mean, the idea behind this show is to introduce you to news, new new artists and, well, new compositions, new, new being something you may not be familiar with. I like to come up with a variety of jazz for you, so, you know, we can enjoy it together. Okay, now I mentioned him earlier, and uh, I figured I'd play one of his compositions here today from the 2000 uh, remastered Rudy Van Gelder edition of um, the record No Room for Squares. This is Hank Mobley with his classic Up a Step. Thank you. 
Hank Mobley with his classic, Up a Step, from the magnificent album No Room for Squares, recorded on two dates, uh, March 7th, 1963 and October 2nd, 1963, released in May of 64. Of course, that was recorded at the Van Gilder, Rudy Van Gilder Studio in, uh, well, the Van Gilder Studio in Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey. And that was the uh, 2000 remaster edition by the man himself, Rudy Van Gilder, the engineering um, wizard. Some loved, others not so much. Myself, I'm a big fan because I've always liked the sounds that he was able to produce from the artists. I just liked his miking style, and I still don't know what it was because anytime anybody came in to record uh, either film or photograph anything in the studio, he took the mics away, so we could never figure out how he got the sounds that he did. Nevertheless, he was a wizard at his craft, and it's reflected in the uh, recording sound, the, the, the high, intense quality of the sound and the mix on that record. An album that has been lauded for decades, um, all music, four out of five stars, The Penguin Guide to Jazz record- Recordings, three and a half out of four stars, All music uh, said, you know, all eight cuts here move with a similar fluidity and offer a very gritty and realist approach to the roots of hard bop. Highly recommended. Now, it was reissued in 1989 on compact disc for the first time, and uh, it had uh, an alternate take of one of the tracks uh, that that, uh, Hank didn't write. There's two songs on the album written by Lee Morgan. Lee Morgan, of course, the... uh, trumpet player on the, on the uh, composition, on the, the record, and he was, of course, a member of the band, but uh, he wrote two songs on the record, uh, Me and You and Caroline, and in the uh, 1989 CD re-release, he had the alternate take of Caroline on the record, and there was an alternate take of No Room for Squares as well, all compositions written by Hank with the exception of Me and You and Caroline, which were written by Lee Morgan. Of course, on the band was Donald Byrd on the trumpet on uh, on uh, that particular uh, composition, along with um, Herbie Hancock on the piano and Butch Warren on the bass. Philly Joe Jones was the featured drummer on all recordings on that album. The late great Hank Mobley, who was, well, when did he pass away? 1986 at the tender age of 55. That's just a... A year older than I am right now, so, yeah, that's young. He was a magnificent sax player, and, was well, his legacy is written in stone, basically. He died of pneumonia, but he was also suffering from lung cancer at the time, so there really was no hope for him, sadly. Great player. Sax player with lung cancer? That's just, it's a sad way to go out. Very sad way to go out. And I guess I'm going to end today's show on a sad note because our next composition is uh, by a gentleman who passed away yesterday at the age of 81. I had hoped he was going to live a lot longer, but sadly that uh, was not the case. I'm going to feature this composition and I'll tell you a little bit about Mr. Pharaoh Sanders when we come back. This is uh, from the record, Moonchild Composition. 
Moonchild by Pharoah Sanders, released originally in 
Recorded in 1989 and released in 1990, Moonchild from the album Moonchild, the late great Pharaoh Sanders. Now that record was recorded in uh, Paris, France, and released on the Dutch Timeless label. 
was a bit of a departure for him at the time. But then again, Pharaoh Sanders was just a unique individual. He was known as a spiritual player, heavily influenced by John Coltrane, and specifically a love supreme. His most um, lauded recording and landmark album would be considered to be uh, Karma, which was released in 1969, recorded over two days in 69, February 14th and February 19th, 1969, at the RCA Studios in New York City. I say landmark recording because it, it only features two compositions. Now, because it was released on vinyl in 69, uh, side one was The Creator as a Master Plan, part one. Side two was The Creator as a Master Plan, part two. And the second composition was Colors. The Creator as a Master Plan on the compact disc version uh, clocks in at 32 minutes and 47 seconds. I'd considered playing it today, but I thought that would take up more than half the show, so I think I'll feature it on a another show in the near future when I'm going to do a full dedication to Pharaoh. I didn't have a chance to do a deep dive as, you know, I learned of his death only last night and I was, uh, I had things to do. I have a life to lead. Uh, gosh, that sounded insensitive, didn't it? I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound insensitive. I don't mean to sound insensitive. It's not at all what I meant, but you know, Priorities. One, one must take care of things at time to time. So I will work on a Pharaoh Sanders uh, dedication show in the near future and feature a couple of the compositions that I enjoy the most. That will be a long show because I will feature The Creator Has a Master Plan in, in its entirety. It's one that you can certainly sit back, relax, and let the jazz flow over you. Pharaoh had been on the scene since, oh my goodness, when did he start recording? Well, he was born in 1940, but... He recorded throughout, I guess it was the 1960s is when he really got his start. Moved to New York City in 1961 at the age of 21. And from that point, he never really looked back. He was an influential individual, and he recorded with a lot of artists, but specifically he recorded extensively with uh, Leon Thomas and Alice Coltrane, John Coltrane's widow. Saxophonist Ornette Coleman once described him as probably the best player in the world. Albert Eiler, who was an avant-garde jazz saxophonist, said, uh, Train was the father, Pharaoh was the son, I am the Holy Ghost. Not quite sure what that means, but there you go. Purveyor of jazz, free jazz, avant-garde jazz, world fusion and ethno jazz, and spiritual jazz. And this was definitely a, a spiritual jazz style in and of its own. I'd love to tell you who the vocalist was, but I can't find the credit for that person. No idea. Anyway, that is the end of today's show. So I hope you've enjoyed the time we spent together. I know I enjoyed putting this together for you. So wherever you are in this world, hope you're happy and healthy and staying warm if it's chilly. And if you're recovering from Hurricane Fiona, Hope you're doing okay. We send out uh, best warm wishes for those who suffered terrible loss at this time. Port of Basque, Newfoundland was basically devastated. Houses were swept out to sea. An entire apartment building completely gone. Very sad time. Help is on the way. 
and will help out those who definitely need it. All right, friends. I hate to end on a sad note, but sometimes that's the way the world is. Till we meet again, you take care. Bye.